You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Welcome into another Three Ma bonus edition. I am your host, Cole Manbeck, joined as always by former Kansas State wide receiver and partner at Wildcat NIL, Curry Sexton, who was at the game in Lawrence on Saturday. And we're here to recap the uh, the positive outcome that was probably a little bit more nerve wracking than any of us would have liked. But Kansas State comes out on top 31 to 27 and actually the closest margin in the Sunflower Showdown since 2018 when Kansas State won. 21 to 17 and probably the most anxious K-State fans have been at any Sunflower showdown in about 15 years when the streak started. So K-State pushes that winning streak against the Jayhawks out to 15 in a row. And and Curry, I guess maybe just to start things off, take me through your emotions watching that game live and what you were feeling as the game went on. Yeah, so I guess I got to say I was I was at the game. I was in the stadium till uh till we got down by 11. Um, I, you know, you and I discussed it at length, but I was very much on the fence about going at all because I, I told you I didn't want to be in that stadium if the Cats lost. And so at halftime, I told my parents who I was sitting with, I said, if, if KU comes out and scores to start the second half, I'm leaving. Going back to my brothers who lives right down the street, I'll watch the rest of the game from there. So they scored and, and I, uh, so I, I, I basically sprinted back to my brother's house and watched the rest of the game from, from his couch. Um, unfortunately, because he has YouTube TV and KU's PA system is obnoxiously loud. I had to try to watch it with my ears plugged so I couldn't hear that the, their, you know, their PA system blaring music, um, you know, with the delay on YouTube TV. So it was an interesting setting for me, especially in that second half. But man, as far as emotions go, I mean, it was an interesting you know, it was an interesting game. I mean, a roller co- roller coaster of emotions. You know, we come out, we we march right down the field for an early touchdown, and and after that, we really, you know, things really sputtered for us. We struggled offensively, um, defensively. We struggled to get off the field, and and you know, obviously, it was just a back and forth football game, and we caught a lot of breaks. I mean, we had you know the the, the block PAT. I wouldn't call that a break, but the block PAT return for a for two points was was incredibly huge. Uh, the muff punt, Rich Miller dropping a, an easy walk-in pick six. I mean, there were a lot of things that went our way, a lot of breaks that went our way Saturday night. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, a win is a win, and it and it feels great to uh, to chalk up number fifteen. You know, number fifteen in the street. Yeah, the the block PAT was particularly huge as the way that the game that shook out because if if not for that, it's a two point game. And KU could kick a game-winning field goal at the end. Or I guess it wouldn't have been a game-winner necessarily. There would have still been almost six minutes left on the clock. But instead of having to go for a fourth and five at around the 15-yard line and where they threw an interception, KU could have kicked a field goal there to go ahead if not for that two points. So that's a, yeah, that's that's a three-point swing when you look at the score, you know, because KU should have gotten one and K-State ends up getting two. And we know how big that can be in terms of momentum. And then K-State eventually gets up 16-13, to 13 and uh, KU goes right back down the field and scores 20-16. to 16. What, did, what did you see, Curry, that KU was doing offensively? We, we talked about their scheme and how great it is, but what did you see that they were doing to K-State with their scheme to give them so, many tr- so much trouble, especially in that first half and that first drive of the second half? You know, it, it, it's, 
it was honestly from from a from an Andy Kotelnicki KU perspective, it was a I would I would almost describe their their game plan as vanilla, um, you know, and I think part of that was because they they went with their third string you know true freshman walk on a quarterback, but you didn't I mean other than them you know starting Cole Ballard split wide and then motioning him or doing a shift shifting him back into the quarterback position or him starting at quarterback and shifting to a wildcat there wasn't as much pre-snap movement um from KU as as we're accustomed to seeing and and really um I, I thought it was a pretty dressed down game plan from them again I think probably because they were without Jason Bean or Jalen Daniels um I think really we we just struggled with we just struggled with our run fits I mean think of you know when they when they put Tory Lachlan back there every single time he was back there I think almost every single time <clears throat> time they ran speed option and despite that you know it took seven or eight times of them running that before we ever you know figured out how to stop it um and, and you know a lot of it a lot of situations where they were in long yardage situations I mean I think back to um, the, the second quarter when we get them in a second and 18 after a sack on first down and then on, on second down, they, they just run basically a, a little draw player, you know, kind of a, a delayed, a delayed dive and they get 15 yards. Um, I think we, we really, I think, again, I, I think we struggled with our run fits. I think a lot of that was in part because, you know, we're without Jake Clifton, we're without Daniel Green. There was, there was an obvious void there in the center of the defense um, I, I I continue to think Austin Romaine is going to be a heck of a player, but he struggled quite a bit Saturday night. And then, you know, obviously we made some adjustments, and I think one of the biggest adjust, adjustments we made was Bo Palmer taking over at that middle linebacker position and really making some good plays. Um, but but I, you know, it's I don't think KU necessarily did anything to to give us some fits. I think we struggled ourselves um, and and allowed them to get a, a lot of chunk yardage plays. Our tackling was really poor for a lot of the game. Uh, Devin Neal, Neal made us look pretty silly on a number of different occasions. So I think it was it was more on our execution than it was on anything KU was doing. Well, it's a really interesting observation, Curry, because I have seen some K-State fans wonder if actually they were more confused because of the scheme that KU was running with, that, with Cole Ballard, a quarterback, and doing a lot more wildcat than what they would have been if Jason Bean was a quarterback or they had one of their normal two guys in Jalen Daniels. And if perhaps that would have been a simpler scheme to defend, I I don't think so because I think those two are, you know, pretty darn good quarterbacks, especially, you know, with what Jason Bean has done in the last two years when he's been on the field. But what was frustrating to me watching it was what you just mentioned on the speed option out of the, with Lachlan is how they kept getting to the edge and had K-State outnumbered. And, you know, I'm used to seeing – and I, Curry, maybe I'm wrong on this because, you know, when K-State, back when the option was more of a thing, you know, you saw a lot more four-man down fronts on the defensive line. And, you know, usually the defensive end had the quarterback and the linebacker had the pitch man, right? What I kept seeing on Saturday was K-State would have like Desmond Purnell or Austin Moore try to defend the, the quarterback and there was nobody to take the pitch man. And so I couldn't figure out or, where's the D end at in that picture. Is there responsibility of the quarterback and the linebacker the pitch man or was this K-State just getting completely outnumbered? Is that what, like any ideas there or any, any thought on how that was happening? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just a numbers thing. I mean, I think, you know, credit to, to Andy Kotelnicki and his offensive staff for, for, for you know, locating a weakness in our defense. And I think just like you said, in a typical, you know, typical speed option um, with a four-man front and, and that, that defensive end playing, you know, maybe at a seven or even a nine technique, 
you know, that bad guy becomes the read guy. Well, I think with a three, three, five, where you, where those guys might be playing into a four or five technique, then they're just, you know, they're, they're typically not, they're not outside the tackle or outside the tight end. And so they're not, they're not going to be your pitch guy. So I think KU based on the numbers game determined that, okay, the outside linebacker, which was in a lot of cases, Desmond Purnell is going to be our read guy. He's going to be our pitch guy. And then if our receiver can run off the, you know, the corner or get him blocked, then it becomes a foot race between our running back, Devin Neal, and, and the other, one of the other linebackers, whether that be Austin Romaine or Austin Moore. Um, and we saw a number of occasions where it was a one-on-one matchup and it was, it was a race to the, you know, race to the boundary, race to the end zone for KU and Devin Neal's going to win that race almost every single time. And so I think we just struggled to adjust to that. We, we weren't prepared for it. Um, and, and it wasn't until after halftime seeing that we finally got a, uh, got a handle on that. But again, credit to them for rec- for recognizing a weak spot in our defense with that speed option. Um, I, I really wish we would have adjusted to it sooner. Um, but but unfortunately, that was that was a play that gave us a lot of fits. So the, they go three and out on the first drive of the game. KU does, and then uh, the next four drives, K State score. KU scores four touchdowns. They have 298 yards of offense on 35 plays, averaging eight and a half yards per play. Then after that, the ensuing four drives, Curry KU doesn't score the rest of the game. They get 79 yards of offense on 19 plays, which is around 4.1 yards per play. So K State cut that number you know, substantially down more than in half of what they were getting per play. Specific adjustments that you saw K-State make in Joe Klanderman and, and Chris Kleiman, other than, like, I, I like you. I'm glad you highlighted Bo Palmer because I think, you know, we all think Austin Romain's going to be a really good player. That's a that's a tough offense to go up against as a true freshman linebacker. Bo Palmer came in the game and made some big plays, including a sack that put KU in a second and 17. Um, with maybe six and a half minutes left in the game, which set their offense back, and that's when they end up going for a fourth and goal or a fourth down, uh, fourth and five from around the 13, 14-yard line. But any specific adjustments you saw, or was it case they just just playing better and tackling better? Yeah, I think you know the biggest adjustment was just our just our execution. Um, and and you know I think I can't remember wh- at which point in the game I was just trying to look back at my text messages to to because I marked that down. But it wasn't until sometime, um, s- sometime late in the third quarter that we got them into their first third and really long situation, third and nine plus. Um, and, and so, you know, for the first two and a half, three quarters, we, we, we did not put them in any unfavorable situations as far as third down goes. And so, you know, that gave them, you know, they had their entire playbook at their disposal on, on, on every third down in the first, first half and into the third quarter. And so I think the, the big thing was we started executing better. We got some sacks. We, we, we got some, you know, we stuffed them behind the line on some run plays and put them in situations where they had to make the freshman quarterback throw the football. And obviously he, th- he threw the ball to us a couple times and that, that kind of flipped the game on its head. So I think the biggest thing was just our execution. Our tackling was better and, and getting them in those obvious passing situations was key because Cole Ballard was never going to win that football game by himself. Instead, their game plan was let's do everything. Let's, you know, let's make it so that Cole Ballard just has to run this machine. And for the first two and a half quarters, that was exactly the case. And so the biggest thing for me was just execution more than anything. Yep. No, I completely agree. It was the the third and long. There were a couple penalties to put KU and 
in third and longs or eventually second and longs, and then they only let him get two or three yards on second down and got in third and 12. Obvious passing situations, difficult for a freshman walk-on quarterback when you can pin your ears back more and know exactly what they're doing and drop into coverage as well. So completely agree with that. Uh, we're going to talk more about uh, K-State's offense as well here. We've talked mostly about the defense, but first we got to tell you all about our friends at Home Field Apparel. Uh, their Home Field Black Friday sale started on November 17th, actually. Sale ends on November 26th, so you've still got several more days, depending upon when you're listening to this, to take advantage of the Black Friday sale. Actually, 25% or 20%, I'm sorry, 20% off the entire site with the code Black Friday. No spaces or anything, just Black Friday. It's the biggest discount Homefield offers all year across the board, so don't miss out on it. It's better than our three-mall 23, 15% discount, so take advantage of that extra 5%. Go to homefieldapparel.com, score 20% off uh, by November 26th in ordering gear. Check out all their K-State gear, 40-plus items on their website that you can choose from. Hoodies get stocked up for winter season here and uh, some very comfortable soft hoodies, that, some of the most comfortable hoodies that I own, so... Get stocked up at homefieldapparel.com. Plus, if you're like DY, who has about 20 other colleges gear from them to choose from, you can pick from one of the 100 other colleges that Homefield Apparel has. So go to homefieldapparel.com, shop the Black Friday sale, take 20% off with the discount code Black Friday. We'll be back with Curry to talk K-State offense as we look ahead and recap the KU game and look ahead to Iowa State. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
I guess stating the obvious, Curry, before we jump to the offense, is just how big turnovers were once again. And, you know, you, you remember back early in the season, K-State's offense wasn't forcing turnovers, uh, or K-State's defense wasn't forcing turnovers, I'm sorry. And the offense had several games where they were turning it over once, twice a game, the three-interception game against Oklahoma State. K-State now is a plus nine in turnover margin, which is tied for 11th best in the country. It's a significant jump for this team. And, you know, you think about that second half when KU couldn't get points on the board in those last four drives. A lot of it was driven by turnovers, four uh, four drives with two interceptions, and also, obviously, the muff punt. I don't even need to necessarily ask you to comment on that. That's just me stating the obvious. So I had to call that out because, uh, you know, some mistakes by KU led to uh, a momentum swing in that game where K-State caught some good fortune, but that's part of the game, so that that's going to happen. K-State's offense now, you know, they – you, you could say they score 31 points. KU's defense isn't great. They're improving. They're better than what they have been. Um, and, and when you look at it, it was a low possession game. So, you know, you look at the Texas game, for example, two weeks ago, K-State had 16 or 17 possessions. They had essentially nine possessions in this game. You could argue 10 um, as they drove and ran out the clock at the end of the game over the final 533, but nine, 10 possession game. 61 plays, the fewest that K-State's offense has ran all season in a game. They had ran 70 plays or more in all but one game going into this one. And so the offense puts up 3.1, 3.2 points per drive. That's a really good number. What did you make of what the offense did in this one? Or any disappointments, or, or was it about what you would have expected? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, the, my biggest issue was the the inconsistency. Um, you know, it just, you, you know, you, you go down that first drive and, and obviously things are, things tend to be a little bit different when you have your initial 10, 20 play script, um, versus when the opposing defense, you know, settles in and, and adjusts to what you're throwing at them. But, you know, to, to have that initial, um, you know, easy drive right down the field, you know, Will Howard's throwing some darts all over and then to really struggle over the course of the next several series. And then not score again until you know the, the touchdown pass to Keegan Johnson, uh, which was you know the, the which was a product of a a really critical uh, holding call on that fourth down play, that fourth down pass where we otherwise would have turned it over on downs. And I I don't know I I I've seen it a couple times. I mean, as a receiver, I tend to still think you know it's the old it's the old slingshot move. I thought it was a good call. Obviously, KU fans are have uh, have been griping about it now for for about 48 hours. Um, so, I mean that, you know, so really for, for, for most of the first half, you know, the, the inconsistency was alarming to me, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, we had the two longer sustained drives and then a lot of, you know, quick possessions with punts. Um, so you just like to see more consistency in there, like to see us not get behind the stick so often, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen us run, you know, quarterback run game I would like to see us include that more um, early on it seemed like our our game plan with respect to QB run game was a lot like what it was a lot like what it was at Mizzou where we have a you know a quarterback who's looking hobbled out there let's not run him and as we've seen over the course of the season whether it's Will or Avery our QB run game is is a really critical part of our offense because we have such a powerful run game and and the defense is often keying on DJ and Treshawn um, so would have liked to have seen that in, incorporated into the game plan a little bit earlier um, because we saw late that Will Howard made some plays with his feet. Uh, you know, I, I think the inconsistency was the biggest thing, but guys made some plays. 
Chase Brown was huge, made a couple huge plays in that game. Uh, DJ Giddens was a horse. I mean, you love to see, you know, love to see DJ just running guys over and fighting for extra yardage. I wish we would have used him more. Um, it, you know, it did seem like, you know, early on our success was, you know, if DJ's in the game, we're moving the football. When DJ's out, we're not. And so for the second and third series of that game, you know, for to to sit over there and watch DJ on the sideline, I'm thinking, man, we got to get that guy in here. He's he's obviously the guy with the hot hand. And so what I'd like to have seen us right DJ even more than we did. But all in all, you know, we did what we had to do to win the football game. And a lot of positives, not a ton of negatives. Obviously, Will's interception was a huge mistake, and he got he got away with, um, you know, with what would it, what should have been a pick six, an easy pick six on a on a really questionable throw. But again, the guys did what they had to do to win a football game. And at the end of the day, on the road, that's really all that matters. I'm glad you brought up though the the frustrations with some of the inconsistencies because Curry, you you probably were thinking like I was early in the game. K State goes right down, scores on five plays, 75 yards. It's actually the ninth time in 11 games that K State scored on its first drive. Uh, eight touchdowns and one field goal in those nine opportunities out of the 11. They then get the three and out, and they're driving again, and they're making it look easy. And I'm thinking, you get a 14 nothing already. You got a walk-on quarterback freshman for Kansas on the field. You start to get them playing from behind so much that they have to abandon a little bit of the game plan, get into more obvious passing situations. So they could have still stuck with the script you know, that early in the game and ran the football. But you get what I'm saying. You you start to build that lead up. You kind of deflate the crowd. You think they start thinking, "Here we go again." Kansas State, KU, typical stuff. We got all excited, similar to what I used to feel as a kid watching KU K State basketball. You know, here comes the KU 15-0 run when you're up by eight or something. You know, I'm sure Kansas fans would have been thinking the same thing. But K State, unfortunately, drive stalls out around the 50-yard line. They punt. KU goes down and they they get a touchdown. They convert a fourth and two. Actually, that was a big play that they completed. Then. They get the, the score evened up at seven all. And then in the second half, one of the things that was frustrating when it was 27 to 24, K-State gets the interception and then they throw it right back to KU. You're thinking, all right, now's the time to capture momentum, turn it right back over. They had good field position. And then K-State forces punt, the defense does. So back-to-back times, the offense gets the ball back with a chance to take the lead, similar to Missouri, right? How many times did they get the ball back with a chance to either put the game away or take the lead against Missouri, and they couldn't do it earlier in the year. And then they end up punting again after, I think they went like negative 12 yards because of a penalty on that drive. It was a three and out. And they just, they got fortunate that KU muffed the punt. And then they did take advantage. The last two drives, they go down, you know, or that last drive, they get a touchdown to take the lead. And then they they burn the clock out five plus minutes, burn all of KU's timeouts and melt the clock. But to your point, I mean, that was... I could see you nodding your head there. Those those were frustrating stretches for me as I was watching it unfold. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and again, I mean, I think you know we we talk about how the the block PAT you know flipped the game. I mean, in my view, that that you know the muff punt was the biggest play in the football game. You know, our offense on a couple of possessions in a row, the chance to take the lead didn't capitalize. KU is going to get the football on you know in our probably you know in our territory with a chance to go down and and extend extend their 27-24 lead and so um you know really we were really fortunate uh with the with the way some some bounces fell um to to sneak out of there with a win and I, you know I will say one of one of the more impressive things that we did was after KU threw the interception in the end zone to Marquis Siegel to to take that ball and to just completely deflate the clock was impressive. I mean, that's what really, really good football teams do. 
you know, you know that that you know they're they're going to be they're going to be gearing up for the run. They're going to use all their timeouts. You know, you got to you got to you know you got to got to fight against a loaded box. And for us to just methodically get first down after first down and and drain that clock to zero was incredibly impressive. I mean, that's four minute offense. You don't see it executed as well as we executed it on Saturday night very often. Um, and so I think that, and then, and then the decision on that third and long on that last drive to make that, you know, to throw the ball and for Will to put the ball in a tight spot to Phillip Brooks, just a, it just an incredibly impressive way to, you know, to, to extend the streak to 15. So I was really, really impressed by that. Um, you know, to, again, just to, just to say, okay, we have the ball, we're not giving it back. I think was was exactly what every K State fan wanted. I don't know that we expected it, but man, it was nice to see. I was going to ask you, did you like that call to throw there? Because you know, traditionally, I did. yeah, okay. I mean, you know, it, KU. I mean, they had to go down to score a touchdown, and you know, you're thinking, okay, if we punt it, if we get it to the ten yard line, they got to go ninety yards. But that's a really good offense, and you don't want to give. You know, you don't want to. I mean, I've I've been a part of it both as a player and a fan, where you where where you're you as an offensive player sitting on the sideline and you're just hoping your defense can get a stop and it's a helpless feeling and 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 it puts a lot of pressure on a defense. And I'm it's not to say that our defense wouldn't have held, because I do think they would have, but man, for the offense to just suck the life out of that football game is is just is impressive and it's as a fan, it's a great feeling. Well, we talk about K-State beef and, you know, the offensive line stepped up there on that last drive because that's not easy to do when, like you said, like there were times I was looking up and there's nine guys in the box just crammed in and K-State's trying to run the football and they're able to get three first downs and burn all three of KU's timeouts and melt the clock. It was it was really impressive. And like you, I, I like the decision to throw on third and seven because you just win the game right there. You've got it in your hands. You go try and take a chance to win the game. And let's be honest, in today's era of college football, especially against good schematical offenses like an Andy Kuldenicki and Lance Leipold team, two-plus minutes, even if they have a timeout or don't have a timeout, that's plenty of time. And we saw it when Oklahoma played in Lawrence. They just made KU burn all their timeouts up by, I think, I think Oklahoma was up one, and they punted the ball with two minutes left. KU went down and scored in like a minute. So, And that was with Jason Bean, but... You, you get the point. I mean, I, I like that they went for it there and that uh, Will Howard delivered a strike to Phillip Brooks and Phillip Brooks showed strong hands to hang on. I mean, I was a little nervous they were going to overturn it. And honestly, I I could have seen it be go 50-50. I, I wouldn't have melted down if they did. It was, it was really close uh, as they started replaying it. So, yeah, uh, well sense of relief i'm sure we all feel um after that one to get it to 15 straight and uh, get to eight and three on the season and now just looking ahead curry k-state's got iowa state on saturday do you worry at all about an emotional letdown spot here senior day i mean they should be excited for that but just coming off you could tell that this game meant a lot to the players like they they wabash in front of the fans i've been going to ku games in lawrence since 2006 i've never seen the team get in front of the fans and the band there and Wabash and do all that. And it, it looked like they were pretty jacked up and fed off that atmosphere. So do you worry at all about a letdown spot against a solid Iowa state team here? You know, I guess first off, I, I think, you know, you, 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 you said you've been going to KU games or case said KU games in Lawrence. And so six, we never would have done that under coach Snyder because the minute the game was over, you're straight back to the locker room. Unlike coach climate, who does let his guys mingle and interact with the fans and do different things after the game. If you weren't busting, you know, you know, busting your rear to get back into the locker room, Coach Snyder was standing around the field, you know, 
taking note of who's taking too long to get in the locker room. So for for one, up until you know the transition to Coach Kleiman, that never would have happened. And two, you know most of the games that have taken place there, almost every game since '09, has taken place in Lawrence have just ha- have been out have gotten out of hand early, and so there's just not a lot of emotion or energy that takes place. But you know you're right, there was a lot of emotion that was poured out on Saturday, quite obviously. Um, do I worry about a letdown? No, I don't. Um, I think. For one, Coach Kleiman and his staff are just incredible coaches, and I think they have a great program and a great culture. We have a team full of really strong leaders. I don't think I don't think this is a team that's susceptible to an emotional letdown. Um, sure, they're sure they put a lot into Saturday night into coming back and winning that football game, but they're going to be geared up for their last home game. The last home game for a lot of players who have ta- who have helped us win a lot of football games. And so I, uh, I don't, I don't worry about that so much. I think you know these coaches are going to have them ready, and 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 you know this is a this is a, a rivalry. You know this is another rivalry game, a game that has been as much more of a of a competitive rivalry over the course of the last fifteen years than what we've had with KU. And so you know that's going to get these guys up again. And then I think ultimately, you know, we have been an incredible football team at home this year. I mean, every game at home, it, we've you know we've won by what eighteen plus points, and and that that UCF game would have been a lot more had yeah. they not scored with five seconds left. So this has been a really strong football team at home. Um, on the flip side, Iowa State ha- has not been as good on the road as they've been at home, and they're coming off of a game you know where where they poured a lot of e- of effort and energy into trying to upset Texas, and so. I think this is a game where, you know, if, if we play like we're capable of and like we've played, you know, the other six home games this year, I feel really good about our ability to walk out of here with a win. I would agree with that. And I also think, uh, well, I don't think, I, I've heard that Chris Kleiman doesn't particularly care for Iowa State. So uh, I'm sure that he'll have uh, quite a bit of focus and look, it makes sense. Chris Kleiman being in Iowa for so much in his life, so much time. Uh, I think he cares a lot about this game. It's senior day. Your seniors don't want to end their career at home with a loss. And then the other thing, I'm sure they'll play up, even though their fate will probably already be decided in the Big 12 championship picture by the time they kick off at 7 p.m. Saturday. I think most people know it's probably pretty unlikely anyways. The players are probably really pretty realistic. If, if it's a pleasant surprise, that'd be great. But uh, they're probably not going to make the Big 12 championship. But at the end of the day, you still have a chance to go 9-3 and three back-to-back years and 7-2 and two in the league back-to-back seasons and a chance to win 10 games back-to-back years and I'm sure the staff will play that up but you get to a bowl and win that game you can get 10 wins 10 and 3 that's a that's a darn successful season I don't think anyone's going to be looking down on that so yeah it's I mean especially after ending you know after after starting the the season at at two and two or three and two um you know it's it's you're absolutely right I mean things things after the Oklahoma State game certainly weren't looking as positive as they are now and so yeah the opportunity to finish the year strong you know winning what six out of five out of six six out of seven whatever it yep. is is there's obviously that's nothing to, to write home about and and uh it, and and I think you know the big 12 is you know you're still playing for bull positioning here the big 12 is a unique conference where you know the, the there's not you don't get locked in because they're where you finish and the, the bowl games get to get to choose who they like. And so, you know, depending on where Texas spins, ends up, whether they get into the CFP or not, and where Oklahoma finishes up and whether we get two teams into the New Year's six bowl games or not, there's an opportunity that we're going to go back to San Antonio for the Alamo bowl and would potentially play in Arizona. 
um, a really strong Pac-12 team, or we go down to Orlando and we get another strong matchup at a bowl game that we haven't played in before. And so I think there's a, there's still a lot left to play for here, and, and, and Coach Kleiman and his staff aren't going to sell that short by any stretch. I'm sure they don't want to play themselves into position to potentially be under consideration for Memphis in the Liberty Bowl. We know the no, players yeah. don't really enjoy that. So you don't want to lose. That should be enticing enough to uh, not go back to Memphis and uh, the Liberty Bowl and uh, risk that at 8-4 and four, where you're then in a muddied mess of tiebreakers there in the Big 12. And I know we don't go off the standings necessarily, but I think if you get to 9-3, and 7-2 and two in the league, you're probably going to go to the Pop-Tarts Bowl, which I hate the bowl. I hate the bowl names, Curry. I hate that it's like it used to be the sponsor for all the bowls and then the actual traditional bowl name. It's a real pet peeve of mine that like some of these bowls now are just sponsor's name. It sounds so stupid to me. Like I yeah, I miss it. The Colligan's Holiday Bowl growing yeah. up, the Wiserlock Copper Bowl, the Jeep Eagle Aloha Bowl. Like that's that's what I like. You don't like these whole I feel stupid, you know, saying Pop Tarts Bowl. Yes, you're you're exactly right. It's they're ridiculous. You know the the names have gotten ridiculous. I wish there was still. You're right. A name for the bull game with a with a with the naming sponsor before it. But uh, you know it, you know I think it's I, putting that aside. I think I think our fans would be excited about the opportunity to go to Orlando again. It's not a place we've been to before. And there's a chance, you know, you go down there and you match up with uh, NC State or North Carolina or Notre Dame. I mean, that's a game where you're going to get a really strong matchup against a strong Power 5 program, and and it's going to be a bowl game that people are going to get excited about. So uh, I think as a K-State fan, you hope for a convincing win, send these seniors off the right way, and and get ourselves into a really strong bowl game. Yep, absolutely. Completely agree. Looking forward to it. Anything new over at catsnil.com that we uh, haven't discussed recently, Curry? uh, No, nothing new. Nothing new. I mean, obviously, you know, we got some exciting events coming up. I, I'll just go rattle off three really okay. quick. On December thirteenth, we've got a uh, we're gonna do the, the we're gonna do a, a launch party for the uh, for the beer that we've collabed with uh, Manhattan Brewing Company on. So uh, that's uh, Wednesday night, Wednesday, December thirteenth. We're gonna have we're gonna go down there. Have, probably have some different coaches down there, some raffle items, and the beer will that'll be the first night that the beer is available. Um, so really excited about that. And the, and the possible, you know, the, the potential for that partnership, and then two di- two nights later, December fifteenth, we're having a women's basketball fashion show at the museum in, at Prairie Fire in Overland Park, Kansas. Um, if you're if you're available that night, come out and support our women's basketball team, who was ranked sixteenth in the country as of today, and is ha- and is having a really really strong start to the season. This is probably going to be the best women's basketball team we've had in fifteen years. So come out and support them. Um, help get some nil money into their pockets. And then you know the the big one that, that we that we launched on Thursday of last week is the uh, is the light bulb climbing uh, event that's scheduled for March fourth in Kansas City at a, at a location to be determined. But that's going to be a really incredible evening. Going to get to hear some really um, you know some really exclusive uh, banter between two strong coaches and two good friends, uh, moderated by none other than than Mitch Voltis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're really excited about that one. Um, you know, excited about. The, the strength of the rivalry now and we're trying to feed off of that and hope that we can put some significant dollars into the football in IO Awesome. Awesome. And uh, by the way, forgot to mention earlier, um, we are going to be set up and I said this on our KU postgame pod, but Holiday Distillery is going to have a tailgate for the Iowa State game. West side of the parking lot, parking spot 778 
it's uh, close up toward the stadium and it's toward the north end for you folks looking to find it. But uh, come have a drink with us. Holiday Distillery is going to have everything set up. It'll be an awesome time. You'll be able to find us pretty easily. There'll be a Holiday Distillery 360 big tent. You'll see the truck with 360 vodka, Ben Holiday bottled and Bond bourbon plastered all over it. So you'll you'll be able to find us and uh, we'll be over there. John, D.Y. might get Curry to come over too. And, uh, oh, I'm, tum- I'm, coming. <laughs> I'm coming for sure. Wyatt from uh, Holiday Distillery called me last week and and uh, after seeing the, 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 the drinks that that guy mixes up at our golf tournament in October, I'm, I'm not missing it. Uh, wait, unless, the, unless, unless my wife is in the hospital, unless oh, that's true. Three, I will be at, I will be at three mall tailgate. I mean, you can still come over from the hospital and true. just have a drink. We're on the West side, Curry. You don't even have true. to go over to the East. Just yeah, as long can, as she's not in labor. She, I, I could probably talk her into that. She might be able to see it from the window. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 you yeah. know, uh, you got the view of the, the stadium in the backdrop. No, the best of luck to your, uh, your wife and you on that. This, you, uh, welcome your second end of the world. Um, uh, so I, I had forgotten about that, but yeah, if you're there, uh, I, Wyatt, I see is calling you because he wants the, the big celebrity there to come. We're not the three mark. Yeah, yeah. We need the, uh, the thousand yard receiver to come. No, show I think it's, I think he, I think we're, 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 we're building, you know, like you guys, we're building a good relationship with holiday and, and you know, they were huge. They were a huge presence at our golf tournament yeah. and Wyatt holiday are, are, you know, they're, they're willing to help. They're going to probably help us out with some of our upcoming events in Kansas city. So, um, really excited about that budding partnership, and then I um, so I, I want to you know make sure that, that that we're showing up for Wyatt and for Three Mall on Saturday because both you guys have been good to us. No, yeah, we appreciate you guys at Wildcat NIL. We appreciate the fine folks at Holiday Distillery and Wyatt. Trust us, folks. He he makes some delicious drinks, so uh, come enjoy one. I think there was a lot of FOMO last year when we did it. We didn't probably promote it as hard as we should have for the KU game last year uh, when we had the season finale in Manhattan. And I, I remember I, I tweeted out a, a picture of the setup and the full bar and everything. And all of a sudden I had people like, why didn't I know about this? Like they're trying to get over there. Uh, so come on by. We'll probably be set up around 4 p.m., 7 o'clock kick. So you'll have plenty of time to come hang out, enjoy a drink, and uh, still get back to your other tailgate if you need to or hang out with family and friends. Come by and just say hi for 15, 20 minutes. Engage, talk to us. Love to meet y'all. Um, so, uh, and you can meet me Curry as well. So yeah. All right. Well, uh, and then also I just want to mention our friends at Sandlot Goods. Um, I'm actually rocking a, uh, they, they came up with a bunch of KC sports network shirts. Uh, there's a collection on there. If you guys want to go support them, there's also a, uh, three mall shirt. That's super comfortable. Actually, I got it right here. Black three mall shirt uh, that you can see on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, um, go check them out uh, as they've launched a collection of KCSN gear and then also a three moss shirt as well. You can buy their stuff online at uh, sandlotgoods.com and just look for the collection KC Sports Network or KCSN on their website. Go check them out as well. Appreciate it, Curry. Uh, appreciate having you for the whole season here. I know we still got a little bit of time left. We'll recap the Iowa State game next week and probably the bowl, but uh, you also might be busy uh, parenting a, a newborn here in the near future. So we'll work with you on that <laughs> schedule. But uh, yeah, appreciate you and uh, glad that we were discussing a win today and we will talk soon. See you Saturday, Curry. See you, Cole. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU. 
K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.